Hi there, I'm James, and welcome back to Deleted Scenes, a show where we talk about movies to a wall and sometimes guests. This time I have another guest on. We're two weeks in a row with guests if this goes well. At the minute, I'm just stockpiling recordings, so who knows what order future James is going to put out, and, and who knows if you'll even hear this one. But this week, I have a very special guest. I didn't know how to introduce them, so instead, I'm just going to introduce them as the person who helped me with my coding a lot and got me through the coding module of college. Is none other than Ryan Clark Byrne. Yay, it's me. I wait for the applause. Hello. Yeah, I'll add it in post, probably, if I get Ableton back. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> I was so happy when I discovered the echo effect at the end of episode 10. And then I was like, I'm going to use this. And then my Ableton ran out. And I was like, crap. It's almost a good thing that you, you're Ableton ran out because now every show isn't filmed inside of a cave. Well, I suppose. <laughs> this might be a cave. <laughs> This is going to be, this is something that has been sitting in my stomach for a while. I just never, like, it is entirely Ryan's idea to do this. I am going to say this now. They were the one who made it so that we had to watch the first Suicide Squad. Because what are we doing today? We are going to be comparing Suicide Squad 1 and the Suicide Squad. They should have called it the Suicide Squad. And I'll stand by that, but they didn't want to affiliate with the first one, (laughs) which is fair enough. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> where do we begin okay. uh, first of all i would like to formally apologize i'd like to formally apologize for waking you watch this piece of poo movie it sort of made me watch it twice as well because i fell uh, <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> i came home like last night i came home and i started watching it in bed i fell asleep woke up and was like oh crap i need to watch the rest of this so i started watching it from where i remember falling asleep and then i fell asleep again and then i woke up and it was the morning and then i was like screw it i may as well just watch the whole thing from the start again so i basically watched this like one and two thirds time and like my god is it a third like but it's just okay yeah. my first question is uh, are you okay after that traumatic experience i was about to ask the same thing to you <laughs> how, are, <laughs> how are you doing <laughs> well uh unlike you i took notes while watching it oh you're and, um... you're a lot more prepared than i am <laughs> i'm yeah. just going from the soul and... You can really see my descent into madness, I think, because my notes stopped being on the lines about halfway through. <laughs> it started then, going onto the wall. Then, <laughs> <laughs> and then the very last note I have is spelt wrong, and it's just one word, and it's barely. And I don't know what I was trying to say, but I feel like that, that's, that's just... the appropriate way to end the notes barely <laughs> you just barely finished i barely survived for me it's more i'm going to i'm giving you the warning now you're going to be very prepared for this i'm going to be going like oh wait i forgot about this we're going to go back and we're going to talk about this now so we're going to be pinging probably all over the place but sure we'll see how this goes <laughs> because this, okay. this is going to be an emotional roller coaster for all of us and if you haven't seen the suicide squad watch the suicide squad but don't watch the suicide squad just the suicide squad the suicide squad was better than the suicide squad not that suicide squad but the other suicide squad if you get me, but uh, <laughs> the word what the he's make... trying to say is watch the Suicide Squad. Yeah, 
but not that this. Yeah, and if you survive, Squad. we'll know you watched the right one or not. Exactly. <laughs> Will you choose wisely or poor? It's it's like the end of Last Crusade where he chose the wrong cup, and he you you turn into a skeleton if you watch the wrong one because like you know, <laughs> it's it's terrible. I <laughs> yeah, I, and it's weirdly similar in some ways. It's like there's certain things that connect both of them that I was surprised to see on the second go where it's like stuff like you know mindless zombies but in one they have cool starfishes on their faces and in the other one they have testicle heads but it's like there's different sort of things or like even like the soundtrack seeing like the way they're used is different and seeing it's so weird seeing certain characters in this and seeing how they're different i'm accidentally doing a rick flag cosplay because i'm wearing a yellow shirt <laughs> that's his one defining trait i suppose we should like stop meandering and uh get on to both of these films and why one is amazing and why one is not so amazing and uh how dare you besmirch the name of suicide squad one it is a master no it is awful it is one of the worst movies i have ever watched i suppose let's start with where you said like one of the worst films you've ever watched i was i was saying this to you just before we started i didn't expect it to be as like I went into this thinking it'd be unwatchable and then I watched it and it was watchable. But as I said to you, I think I said something along the lines of like, technically a brick is edible if you try hard enough, where it's like, it's, <laughs> yep. it's one of those things where it was so painfully fine. It was, it wasn't even, it was bad. Yeah. Like literally like I was surprised with how bored I was throughout this whole thing. Like, it's like the best way I could describe it. I already told you that I thought it was the Toby Maguire dance of movies where it's like, it's trying to be so classy and serious and gritty and that, but it's also looking ridiculous at the same time. But at the same time, it's failing at both, where it's like, it's trying to be zany and neon and drug-filled and psychedelic and everything like that. And hey, here's Harley Quinn. Here's, you know, a guy with boomerangs or stuff like that. And then on the other end of it, you have like, what if Superman tore off the Oval Office's roof and he stole Mr. President? What then will, like, what if, I think the line was, what if Superman was a terrorist? Like, that's when you know it's a proper America movie, you know? I think the, whoever wrote it has definitely been watching too many generic American shooters. Exactly. Because why a superhero team going in to fight a bad guy why are they fanged by the military and why are they <laughs> spending 90% of the movie killing faceless monstery soldier things with guns as well <laughs> what was Kachana doing this whole time that, my, my big note I have a big note here saying why is Katana in this movie? Yeah, like she like, obviously I know all the nonsense, but release the air cut, man. There's a good movie in here. There's not, first of all. I'm, <laughs> I apologize. Like, it's like the Snyder cut wasn't good either. I can see what they want. They wanted a cool, mysterious ninja, but they didn't think any further than that. I know it's like, <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite parts in this movie is the part where Rick Flagg just nonchalantly says, hey, you know, if she kills you with that sword, your soul gets trapped in it forever. That's all we're going to say about it. There's going to be a, a little bit later on. Again. Exactly. There's got to be a bit, bit later on where she's crying at the sword, but it's like, and maybe it's like a bit smoky. There's someone putting a few after effects on it with trackers and that, but it's like, <laughs> they just don't bother. Like, and it's just hilarious where it's like, it gets to the point where it's like, it's the epitome of not showing, but telling sort of thing. Like you're doing the exact opposite of what you should be doing. It's like, I have my, okay, I'm following my notes here and it goes, yeah. I forgot Katana was in this movie and I've dressed up as her for Halloween. The next oh, that's cool. note is, why is Katana in this movie? And then my <laughs> final note about Katana is, is she just here so her sword can be used at the end? <laughs> it's like, Chekhov's yeah. gun of like, 
if a gun is placed on the table in scene two, it has to be shot by scene four or whatever. Yeah. Did they be like, ah, we'll place this super cool character in and that's the gun. The Funko Pop. We need the Funko Pop figure. <laughs> that's all, that's what it was. <laughs> exactly. We don't care about the character. We just want the knife. I'm sorry, but like what happened to King Croc as well? Or not King Croc. Well, I'm mixing up two very different characters, <laughs> one of which is terrible and one of which is the best. Killer Croc. He just fecked off for a bit. Like, like he he's barely... That's the thing. So the Suicide Squad, which we'll get onto later, had so many more characters in it, but you remembered them. This one had like six or seven. I, I don't even remember and I don't want to remember. I can't I, count how many characters they yeah. have. And I have notes about each <laughs> Remember character. Slipknot? The one that they never set up at all? And then they're like, hey, we put bombs in your necks. We're not going to use it on anyone. And he's just there. I can climb real good. I have one of Batman's powers. Like, it's like... <laughs> I love just, how... At the start, they were given all the characters their intros, and it's yeah. like Deadshot, Lethal from Five Thousand Meters, and then the yeah. like a cool graphic, and then they gave it to Harley Quinn, and then they gave him to like three or four. No, they gave him to like two other people. Yeah, but then they didn't give it to Slipknot, and you're and just like, like, dude, <laughs> why doesn't Slipknot get one? And then he's dead. Just, five just for later. Slipknot, I want a Slipknot move. <laughs> No, I don't. He's terrible. But um, it's just like he was terrible without even being there. That's the thing. He, he didn't even give an impression and I already didn't like him. I, that's one thing I will say. This The one thing this film captures better than the other one is the fact that nobody wants to be there. You know, it's like it's very obvious they all have bombs in their necks. I'm pretty sure the actors themselves have bombs in their necks during this whole filming process. And you yes. feel like you have one in it as well because you're sitting through this. <laughs> dumpster That's, fire of I a think movie the only way they could have got the actors to finish the script is by actually threatening them exactly it's just <laughs> oh it's terrible yeah it's it's not even so bad it's good it's just literally like bad and you're like okay it, that lives on netflix you know <laughs> it's it's not as bad as justice league 2017 that's about all I can give it. <laughs> it's very much like, it is nothing. There is no word for that. There, It is a blank space. It is just something that you're like, oh yeah, that came out in 2016. Out, but of, we have... out of superhero movies, it is the color beige. It is the exactly. beige equivalent. It, like, that's what this film is. And then there were annoying things as well, because there are small things in it I like, where it's like, the soundtrack was pretty good. I like the songs in the soundtrack, where it was like, I like Bohemian Rhapsody. I like, um, I forget, Rising Sun or House of the Rising Sun. I like all these songs. The problem was, and we'll get onto it with The Suicide Squad, was it was very clear that it was just someone going, oh, this song would sound cool. Or like, hey, I, you know, like it had no I place. I literally have that in my notes. Oh my yeah. God. I have a, I got so bored at one point, I was pretending to be the director Yeah. in my notes. And I have it in quotes saying, hey, this film needs uh, some cool music. Get me some, <laughs> Need some zest. groovy tunes. I don't care where they go. <laughs> I'll get on to probably like praising like the whole James Gunn thing. But with those, with the songs in The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad, don't get mixed up. <laughs> in The Suicide Squad, <laughs> they have a reason to be there. Like there's an actual tone to them. They sort of fit better. Like they are popular songs and stuff. But I mean they sort of fit the mood, if you know what I mean. Whereas with this, it's literally just like, let's look cool for the trailer and stuff like that. It, it's just, yeah. let's make a pretty badass soundtrack. I will say, um, so I would have been like 15 at the time. I will say 15-year-old me did Love Heathens by 21 Pilots. <laughs> okay, that's one of the biggest problems I have with the soundtrack. They hyped it up. I was going yeah. through my emo stage, so I love 21 Pilots Hell and I love yeah. Panic at the Disc. <laughs> In the trailers... 
all they showed was uh, Panic at the Disco singing Bohemian Rhapsody and 21 Pilots and Heathens. They made two songs for this film and then only used them in the credits. That's probably not a big deal for anybody else, but I was a big fan of those two bands and that just made me very sad. Yeah, that was false advertising right there. <laughs> one of my favorite songs on the new one's uh, soundtrack is Oh No, like Grandson or whatever it is. I'll get onto stuff with it where it's like, the trailers, I feel like, for The Suicide Squad were better. The thing that sold me on it originally was that first thing at, like, DC Fandom where they revealed all the characters by having that song, like, booming in the background. It was real, like, sort of, like, you know, yeah, get hyped for it sort of thing. It was, like, a stadium thing. And then it was, like, um, showing the drawings of the comic book characters and then literally them in live action, like, nearly identical, like, Peacemaker's outfit, for example. Like, dear God, they really got that really good. But then... You look at this one where it's like comic accuracy is like, I mean, it's sort of there, but it's pretty much out the window. Like Killer Croc, for instance, he can fit in a hoodie. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's like ones where it's like he'd be fine. Like he, he would be like, you know, that size, like he's a tall dude. I want Arkham Asylum Killer Croc where he's a big monster with like Pennywise teeth. <laughs> like, you know, he can barely talk sort of thing. Like show the actual monster, not just show like this guy is bumpy, you know, <laughs> or like have- <laughs> this guy. Is bumpy is the perfect description of him. I really like Captain Boomerang in terms of the character, and I felt like he was pretty okay in this. Like he was definitely sort of like he was a bit of life in it. But then they had to go and make him fetishize a small children's toy, and then it's just like, why on earth are you doing that? <laughs> and then you have like Deadshot. I thought like Will Smith was pretty good in it, but he was so bog standard action hero where it's like you sort of go like, yeah, he was in it, and then like. Harley Quinn annoyed me where it's like, I really, really like that character. But in this one, especially after seeing the new one, dear God, the amount of over-sexualization they do in this film for her I, and then for other one, other characters and like just... Like are, one of the first things Harley Quinn talks about is saying she does what she wants and sleeps who whoever she wants. And I'm like, why do you have to like yeah. do that? She can be insane without being super sexualized. Exactly. Like and even then, just like the bit where they're getting ready and they just linger yes. on that. And then the amount of shots they have where it's just like Will Smith and Rick Flagg just uh, it's not Will Smith himself is in the film. It's not actually like it's Will Smith and Rick Flagg. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the film just staring at her. You know, it's, Will Smith just got lost yeah. in the studio and he's just like, whoa, I'm here now. <laughs> Look at all this. Ah, like <laughs> rewind time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's him actually he thought he was going to fresh prince he just wandered onto the wrong yeah. set harley was written really poorly yeah like i assume 16 year old me loved it because i was a 16 year old but yeah. the problem like looking at the new harley compared to that harley yeah exactly even though it's the same character like new harley is badass exactly and, like Still insane without being all like, let me just lick my gun. Exactly. Does she do that? It feels like she does that. The thing that epitomizes it for me is the fact that like, so David Harbour, he appears for a bit and he's just like, with the Joker's girlfriend. That is the epitome of what her portrayal of this character is. I think Margot Robbie, with what she had, she did a good job. I think she's a great actress. But the entire time, it is the fact that she is the Joker's girlfriend. She is like over-sexualized like she can't stand up for herself sort of thing or sort of like you know and like she has to go and get rescued and stuff like that like <laughs> she doesn't need to be rescued and it's very quickly proven in the second film but it's just yeah like if you look at the two rescue scenes where in yeah. the first one 
they need a big helicopter, a big machine gun, a whole elaborate heist to get her out. And then in the second one, she's just like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Exactly. You know, it's just like, am I allowed to swear? I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I've already sweared, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Shit, man, you know. (laughs) Balls. Like the second one has, like my favorite scene in it is the flower scene with Harley, like the gigolo scene. Like, whatever the song is, like, I got no body sort of thing. That is one of the coolest action scenes I have ever seen in a film. And it's all centered around her. And it shows how I feel like when Margot Robbie is given control of, like, the writing room as well, when she's when she has that input, you know, in producing and everything like that, as well as the acting, like, that is the best Harley you can get. Like, rather than, yeah, some, like, creepy dude, like, some 16-year-old at a computer going, typing away. Like, then you see her, brand. Like, you know, it's like, it's just... Oh, it's annoying. It's very... And, like, the fact that everyone else is going in in armor or, like, you know, big jackets and everything. And she's going in in a feckin', like, crop top. Yeah. You know? And everybody gets a gun and, like... She gets a bat. Like, uh, Deadshot gets his big gun. She gets a bat and then a revolver. Yeah, and... even, I forget that she used the hammer because she pulled it out, and just I don't remember seeing it again. Nope. Yeah, that's just for the that's for the Netflix thumbnail where she's like, ah. He definitely know. uses the baseball bat, but yeah. never uses the hammer. And oh, I've got to dive out real quick. Just one of the most noticeable like differences in character for the worse when you look back at this movie is just Rick Flag. He's an asshole. He's the most Murica soldier. He he was pulled straight out of a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> He's just such a dick to everyone where he's just like saying, I'm going to kill you if you threaten me. And it's like, you know, his whole arc is like, I'm in love with the bad guy. And it's like, maybe bad guys aren't bad guys. Oh, no, existential crisis sort of thing. But it's like, for most of it, he is just like, I'm giving orders. I'm in charge. So I think, and like, even like you look at stuff like the comparison, I didn't even realize. But like, when you look back and you see sort of scene where he's talking to them and he's saying like, you know, you try to kill me you die you vex me you die i don't like you you die and then you look at like the new one where they do that scene again but it's like talking to the tinker and they're pacing back and forth and they make it funny rather than just hey here's an asshole shouting yeah. at you like, big difference between him in one and the him in two is two it feels like he's been on a lot of missions he knows the yeah. drill already he's just exactly. like i have to deal with this shit again but in the <laughs> yeah. first one it's just like uh i'm this is new and I don't like it. I don't like I have to do this. <laughs> yeah. He's like a jock. He's a jock. Yeah. And like Joker's an incel, but <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> All I'm yeah. saying is if he had died in the first one, I wouldn't have cared. He wasn't relatable in the slightest. They had to try to give him, oh, here, here, here he's in a relationship with Enchantress, who is an entire kettle of fish suit, like herself. It's just like, like they just do such a poor job of making him feel like a character. Whereas this one, like the second one, you literally, you meet him there and he's just like, as you said, he's already in it. He already knows everything that's going on in that. And he clearly cares about the safety of the people. Like, is it like you look at stuff like him talking to Harley on the way up there in the plane and stuff like that? Or like when he's telling them not to go forward sort of thing, no, stay back, you know, and just like, it's clear that he actually is a human, whereas in this one, he is walking American flag, you know? Another big difference I noticed with him as well is, especially with him and Deadshot or Bloodsport, in the first one, every time there's a fight or anything going on, they always have time to look at each other and explain exactly what's happening. Yeah. It's like, so you're telling me that her heart is in that box and now <laughs> she has it in her side. And it's like, Whoa. yeah. But in the second one, they're just kind of like, 
okay, let's do it. We don't actually have time to start talking and explaining everything to each other again. They waste so much time in the first one. It's... I love how quickly it, you get into the first, into the second movie, I should say. Like, it's literally seconds. Like, they're like, right, you, you know, you do this mission, you get time off your sentence. Here's a bomb in your neck. Here's your new leader. And here's your friends that you're gonna, or your brothers and sisters for the next 24 hours or whatever it was. It's just like, it's... Like, it knows what it is. The fact, it's the Suicide Squad. It's stupid. Like, it's literally, there's all these bad guys, you know, who have bombs in their necks, but they're the good guys because of it. Like, it's like, I'm glad James Gunn realized, okay, this is a ridiculous premise. Let's play into that. Let's be funny and self-aware rather than, oh, we're going to, like, die. We have bombs in our necks. And, like, you know, we don't want to be here. And they sound like a bunch of teenagers, nearly. And it's just, like... First one was written by a 16-year-old. Yeah. And then, like, there's Enchantress, obviously. Like, Okay, I forgot Enchantress was in the movie. And then I saw Enchantress, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the bad guy. And then her brother arrives. And I was like, what? (laughs) That's thing. I don't remember the brother's name. And she's like, oh, they used to worship us, but now they worship machines. So I'll build a machine and destroy them all. It's so stupid. It's just like, and the way she like actually turns in, she's just like, Enchantress. Like, it's like stupid. It's stupid. Speaking of stupid, what do you think of Jared Leto as the Joker? (laughs) Yeah. Like it's like he sounds so, like a car coming to a stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Oh, <laughs> uh, like, okay. I ha- okay, for the Joker, I have a pros and cons list. Do you want to see do you want to hear the pro side? I'm guessing there are none. And if there there's are, one, there's one pro. One pro. Damn, that's a nice gold suit. Twas. Yeah. <laughs> Where can I get me one of those? <laughs> and then let's hear the cons. <laughs> I'll let you take the wheel. I feel like I've been. We don't have this. enough time to go through this list. I believe <laughs> it would take about seven days worth of crying to get through this list. Um, first of all, yeah. Why? That's my main question. That's, that's why a valid is he? Question. Why is he in this movie? That's a mystery for even him. <laughs> I think he's just like confused himself because he's Jared, very. Jared Leto just showed up on set one day. He, he came dressed like that. He had the alligator costume and everything. Like that was all him. And like, oh, that I wasn't just, a costume. Jared Leto just looks like that. I love the Joker so much. The Joker is probably my favorite bad guy, or at least he's tied with the Riddler. And it's just like, because he's just so chaotic and like at the same time, like he's so iconic, but there's so many different interpretations of him when you look at stuff like Heat Ledger compared to Mark Hamill compared to Joaquin Phoenix and stuff. And now you have this guy over here who's just like... The thing with the Joker is to do a good Joker, you have to be a little bit like, he does have a little bit of a point though, as much as that's going to make me sound like an insult. In every good (laughs) Joker... With the Dark Knight, you are kind of like, he does have a point, though. You can see his mindset, whereas with this, he's literally just like... He's just kind of like, hey, bada bing, bada boom, I'm a gangster. Yeah, I can't even think of what to say about him that hasn't already been said. Like, as I said, just, he is the worst. <laughs> he shouldn't organize his knives on the floor like that. He'll get cut. Like, but it's like, it's... <laughs> like, I, I paused on that scene, right? Yeah. Because... That's the only thing I really remembered about the Joker. And I wanted to have a closer look. Yeah. And I think they were clearly trying to put some deeper meaning into that. Because if you look at it, it's not just knives. It's also all his guns, all his laptops. And then there's also some baby clothes. 
And I feel like they were trying to hint at something, but then cut away way too fast for you to be able to tell. Yeah. It's like that scene in Inside from Bo Burnham where he's lying on the floor with all the cables. <laughs> Yeah. knives. The funny, I genuinely could not stop laughing at how imbecilic this sounds where he was like, you know, would you die for me? And then he's like, no, would you live for me? And it's like, so, shut up. <laughs> uh, one of the big notes I have on this page is they really wanted this Joker to seem cool. Yeah. Have some really quotable stuff. Where is it? Oh, I have a big quote here somewhere. Come back to me in a second. I'm going to find this quote. I'm going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you. Really, really bad. What? Why? (laughs) It's the fact as well. Why is he talking like that? I understand, like, you know, putting a voice on, like, uh, Heat Ledger, I think, does a brilliant job of, like, sounding completely different, but sounding the exact same as a Joker at the same time. This guy, he sounds like he got the memo that he was going to be Batman. <laughs> yeah, there's so much melodrama in this. Yeah, and there's so many so much... subplots that I can't care about any of them. But I swear to God, like that voice, and they think it's cool. Or the fact that Joker just fucking growls for some reason. He's just up at Harley's face. Like, like, it's like, it sounds like he's choking on his own phlegm. He does like... that. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things wrong with it. And it's like the tattoos, the grill on his face, like... As in, like, what car crash was he in that caused that? And it's like, and I will say, I found the tattoo on his hand with the smile. I found that quite funny. I found it funny, and I think it was supposed to be intimidating. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty funny joke. And I'm like, oh, he's, like, giving him the devil eyes. He's probably thinking, oh, I look badass. Look at me with my hand, man. (laughs) That that shouldn't be there. (laughs) That is based on a traditional tattoo from cartels, where they will get a skull tattooed there so they can make that. Yeah. And I think it was them trying to be like, yeah, he's like a gangster like them. He has the thing. <laughs> what does the damage tattoo mean in that culture? <laughs> uh, I love brain that. damage, I believe. Brain yeah. damage. I wonder did he grow his hair out and um, was it Zack Snyder's Justice League for the last five minutes, like just so he could cover up that crappy little tattoo show because <laughs> he isn't. They make a big deal of like, oh, Joker's back. By the way, Joker was never planned for that movie. I don't care what Zack Snyder says. That was not in his original cut. But you oh, have him God, up here. No. The fact as well, they put we live in a society in the trailer and then don't put it in the movie. It was yeah. a waste of four hours for that. No, but like literally, <laughs> he's they try to change him up and make him look even like try to make him look badass, but in a different way. And they still screw it up. They give him long strands of the hair and they give him butcher gloves sort of things. And like I just, just like, I just don't think Jared Leto can be cool <laughs> no, as the joke. He, he, he can't be. He just can't be. He's he's not meant for this. I world. found I found that quote. It's uh, desire becomes surrender. Surrender becomes power. Yeah, <laughs> that is clearly some sixteen-year-old sitting there going, "This is so fucking cool." Crawling in my, in my... <laughs> actually no, known as Jared Leto would probably be the kills. Don't break me down. <laughs> again, I was an emo going into this, so I fucking yeah. love Jared Leto, and oh, he's just thirty seconds to marriage, and then they ruined him. So. They did. I think he ruined it for himself. <laughs> and then they're saying, then he's over here saying, no, they cut me out of most of the film. I'm like, I don't want to see that cut. I'm afraid. Like, <laughs> Good. They should have cut you out of more of it. Exactly. Actually. Like, it's like, I like how he, he rescues Harley. Like a lot of the films, like we yeah. need to go get the stuff to rescue Harley. So we get the tracker chip. We get yeah. the, this, we get that. You're like, oh yeah, he saves Harley. And then he just crashes. That okay. plot line just comes to an end so <laughs> fast. 
quite an explosive end. I love the way as well how like it's just like when I saw that, like there was that little bit. Like I mean, I knew he was obviously alive enough, but you still get that little. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> like, it's yeah. Like, Please stay dead. I know you're an iconic character, and like the DC universe won't be the same without you. But let this version die <laughs> in a fiery mess. <laughs> Even stuff like the fact that like like I liked Amanda Waller, Viola Davis. I'm glad they brought her back because she is Amanda Waller. Where it's like you know was able to be intimidating and everything like that. I thought she did a fine enough job. It's so much better in the Suicide Squad where she's literally threatening to kill children, you know? It's like where she's like yeah. over-the-top cartoony. Like everything in this like is just so subdued, so action film from 2009 directed by Michael Bay sort of thing. What rating was this, the original Suicide Squad? Oh, I probably should have that already. <laughs> That's a good idea. To Google uh, we go because the second the internet... one was R18, yeah? The pen? Was the second one... 18 plus like rated oh, the second or the second one was rated r so it was like 16 in my cinema anyways <laughs> which is weird but like it's like because i feel like the characters like uh she could be a lot more menacing yeah with the radar. like she could threaten to kill children and that everybody's like yeah that's fine yeah so original suicide squad is 26 percent, and i'm pretty sure for a while the suicide squad it doesn't anymore but it used to have a hundred percent like that was the thing when it first opened it was just such a crash and burn moment with 2016 suicide squad where it's just like what on earth is going on it's just it's, it's not good if we could just like forget about 2016 in general even like the fact where it's like they couldn't go in whole hog. They had to do a venom on it and just have everything be off camera or no blood. Someone's head gets exploded and they just don't care. It's just like, oh yeah. Like you don't even see the missing head. You just see the fact that he's just like a hanging body. Yeah, you know? he just kind of like does a backflip as his head explodes. Exactly. And it's just like, that's why they all have to be like weird alien monster creatures. They can't be people. It's like, like <laughs> it's just, yeah. This film was just... It was lame, bro. It was just lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it just, it wasn't good. And uh, I will say the one good thing I can say about this film is the fact that Kay was that beautiful line, like, you know, what are we? Some kind of suicide squad? And it's an iconic moment in movie history. <laughs> yeah. So if we were to finish off with this sort of part talking about suicide squad, what would you have to give it rating wise? Do I have to? Do I have to think about it for longer? If you want to, if you don't, it's fine. I would give I, it a two for two a side squad. But <laughs> uh, if I could strain my brain by thinking about this film more, I would give it a a two because yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't awful, awful. It was just plain bad. <laughs> it wasn't like a Batman and Robin where it's so bad it's good. It was just uh, it's boring it's bland it's gray it's somehow beige whilst also being neon it's neon beige how do you it's make neige. beige neon neige. <laughs> <Neige>. <laughs> that's the word of the day kids neige <laughs> that's what this film is but to go on to something completely different let's put the the in front of suicide squad and we have one of the best films i've seen in the past couple of years because holy crap i <laughs> this film was I very rarely see films more than once in a cinema I didn't even see Endgame twice in a cinema I saw this twice in a cinema because I had to go back and just watch it because it was just a genuinely great time and it's very rare this year if there's one thing I noticed because at the minute I'm working on um, a ranking of every film I see like I keep updating every time I see a new film in cinemas I rank for 2021 this has been the year of the not great but good movie where it's like everything is fine. The amount of three and a half stars I've given out this year where it's just like 
yeah, you, you were tolerable. You, you were fine. I'm not going to remember you, though. And then to come across this, of all things, and just the most bright, colorful, funny, gory, really well-written, like, great character sort of movie I've ever seen. Like, it's just... Yeah, this is the best DC movie I've seen since The Dark Knight. This is the yeah the best dc movie of recent times yeah the everything from the casting the editing the right everything is just amazing yeah this is a weird thing so my ranking at the minute the fir- in first place is the suicide squad in last place is space jam a new legacy both made by the same studio very different approaches one is very clearly like a passion project by a very visionary director with a very clear plan for and the other one is suicide squad one was basically a masterpiece and the other one was an advertisement that had credits at the end of it you know it was just faster piece if you will not even i wouldn't even give it that right it doesn't deserve the aster piece bit i came out (laughs) wrong (laughs) that's for the r18 cut of this podcast (laughs) yeah (laughs) this movie shocked me with how good it was because i was very much even like I talk about it in like an episode a few months ago, probably this stage, but like uh, the the consistency of this podcast release schedule. But um, like when I first talked about the Suicide Squad, I was like, oh yeah, I'm excited to see it. That one or two like trailers that came out at the time, like it looks interesting, it looks fun, it'll be nice. But I was still going in, going, oh, it's gonna be a DC movie. I don't like DC movies. I go into all of them wanting to like them. And sure, my favorite DC EU movie besides this is probably Aquaman. And it's known to be one of the worst ones <laughs> just because I thought at least they were having fun with it. There are fish people. There is Dolph Lundgren with a ginger beard. But like this, honest to God, was the most fun movie I have seen. So I suppose in ages, just like really, really good. What's your opinion on it? It is incredible. I love it so much, especially after watching the first one again. Yeah. <laughs> it might as well be the best movie ever made. Oh, that's it, you know? <laughs> like yeah, just... basically everything you said, but more. Yeah. It's so good. The first thing that just struck me straight away with it was just how bright it was, how like full of life and vibrancy and color, like a comic book would be. Not like, hey, we're gonna just smear this in a bit of gray and like, you know, we'll just tint everything to shit and like it will just make it look real and gritty. There is a guy at the start of this movie who detaches his arms and goes over and tickles some people's faces. Like it is not meant to be taken seriously. Exactly. Like the even if you take the the prisons, the first prison. It's dark and gloomy and it's a hole and I threw away the hole. That was and a pretty funny line. I will that say. was such a shit line. I, yeah. Now the I, second I, one. I, yeah. Go on, go on. No, I, I, I genuinely chuckled at that. that was, I'll give it that. I, <laughs> just, I think that wasn't supposed to be funny though. I think that was yeah. supposed to be Probably scary. not. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> go on. <laughs> yeah. Then the second one is this like uh, just as run in the mill prison. It looks like white walls, nice, nice yeah. clean looking place. Everybody there is just a normal prisoner. But then you're like, oh, yeah, all these people have superpowers and they will kill me. That's exactly. It's just like I didn't know where to begin with Suicide Squad for how shite it was. I don't know where to begin for this one with how good it was. I suppose like this is the most James Gunn movie to ever James Gunn a movie. (laughs) Like in terms of you have everything. You have the band of misfits. You have the amazing soundtrack. You have the really good action scenes and visuals. You have the hilarious humor. You have the great character writing like it's just really, really good. <laughs> and this, that's the thing. We're going from it's really, really bad to it's really, really good. It's like everything in this is so perfectly placed. Like 
I suppose even just to start with the intro, as we said, like they get to the point so fast. Everyone knows. It's sort of like how we all know Uncle Ben dies. We all know Bruce Wayne's parents were shot in an alley. We don't need to be told it again. Just have Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's parents shot in an alley. What? Yeah. Did you see the end of Joker? (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) No, but like, that's the thing where it's like they get to the point and then they have possibly one of my favorite intros to film ever. I swear that intro where they jump first off as soon as they jump off of the plane thing and like you have weasel in the water and just like you knew i knew one of them was not going to be able to swim but when you see it happens it's the funniest thing like just like i was disappointed because i love weasel so much i wanted to see more of him but what we got of him was very good but like just as soon as he hits the water and just starts screaming and it goes silent that's when you know it's going to be a hilarious movie because you're just like okay they're clearly not taking themselves seriously that's great then you have Pete Davidson get shot in the face and it's so gory that you're like, okay, they have the gore. It's going to be amazing. And then you just have everything go to absolute chaos. And then they choose the perfect song to start off the film with like people who died and they're just going around and all the dead bodies. And it's just like, I was in bits. at that. It was scene. such a good intro. It was I so think What they did different to the first one is the first one spends about five minutes, maybe more on each character. Yeah. introduce them as like here's Deadshot this is his daughter blah 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 it's sad yeah. here's Harley Quinn she's the Joker's girlfriend here's mm-hmm. Diablo dude he fired he killed kids <laughs> yeah. um, in the second one it's just like here's a bunch of people figure it out I'm not going to tell you what exactly and it's just like even just stuff like you get flavor from it you get the fact that Harley and uh, Boomerang know each other you get stuff like Weasel killed 27 children you know it's like you get Pete Davidson's there for a bit. It's like, it's just, yeah. Pete was, Davidson played by Pete Davidson, of course. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I love that whole thing of just like, you knew from the get-go, okay, these people are screwed because I don't see the people who are on the poster with like Harley Quinn and Bloodshot, or <laughs> Bloodshot. <laughs> you don't see Harley Quinn and Bloodsport or like, you know, like King Shark. And it's like, where are all those guys? And it's like, oh, they're <laughs> they're the people who died, died. See, but um, I didn't make that connection because I really? started to avoid trailers. I just hear movies coming out. I'm like, cool, I'll watch that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, damn, all these amazing actors that I really like. like yeah. They had Flula, they had Pete Davidson, they had that guy whose name I can't remember. Peyton Fillion? <laughs> the guy who swam away. I'm oh, uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I just, they, I was fully expecting them to be like, oh, damn, these are cool actors. And then they get brutally murdered and it was just gorgeous because it, it was an evolution of the x-force scene from uh, deadpool 2 i think where it's like and that's the thing as well it wasn't the case where it's like seven slip knots just walking onto the beach it was the case where it's like no these guys were featured in trailers they were on magazine covers and everything like that and then they just get wiped out and it's the funniest thing ever where it's like and then you just go meanwhile on this beach and it's like where are on all this the soldiers empty beach on this empty beach where nothing is happening they're just standing in the water going oh also another thing find someone who puts as much effort in as the titles of the suicide squad because that completely blew me away where it's like they'd have these in-world title screens whether it's like him or i think it was like itris elba was cleaning a toilet it said three days earlier on the thing and like soap and then there's stuff like on the beach they cut back and it just has leaves blow into form where it's like now or my favorite one was probably where it was like right we have to go to this lab it's basically it's called Jotunheim and 
it says, right, we have one thing left to do. And it just comes up in fire behind them. Operation Jotunheim. Yeah. And then it's like, no, we have one other thing first. Jotunheim extinguishes. And then the smoke forms up. Operation Harley. And it's like, it's so artistic and creative. Was... And it's something pulled right out of a comic book where it's like, you know, you're just like, okay, these are inventive ways to show titles or to like, you know, make a point. And it's, oh. I was just... going to make the point of like the first movie, they did their like, graphic title screens of just like let's pause let's yeah. have this stuff come up and it was kind of boring like yeah. dead shot thing like i mentioned earlier but having it in world yeah was just such a cute idea it was like, it really was and i know i was giving out in the first one where they kind of stand around and explain stuff to each mm-hmm. other but in this one when they were crawling out of that car for operation harley and operation yodenheim or however yeah. you pronounce it like they kind of stand there and strike a pose with the fight. Yeah, like even though it is like what I gave out about in the first movie, it's still kind of cool. It is like as what was it like? Um, uh, it was like a peacemaker says in it, or or peacemaker and uh, I was about to say peacemaker and Ninja Selva, peacemaker and Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know they're very much like you know, um, it's bad to be a show off, and like then peacemakers over here, unless what you're showing off is fucking dope, and it's like shit he's right (laughs) and that was that exactly where it's like no it's showing off but it is cool as hell i love i'll like one of my favorite ones was just like so it didn't even really fish but it was so funny where it was just like a spongebob title screen of just bring me the heads of the suicide squad (laughs) and i just imagine you know it's like like if you're putting effort into the smallest of things it means that the biggest of things are going to be spectacular you know exactly even better and uh, like I'm just thinking of scenes like that's thing. It, it's a good movie when you can just think of moments in it like as I said that mo- that whole bit where they're at the enemy camp and it's like you know like they're like the wife of them out with like stuff like King Shark eating a guy and then like Peacemaker and uh, Bloodsport just going around like shooting everyone seamlessly and it's like he shoots a fan it falls into a bath electrocutes a guy or then you have like Peacemaker blow darting um, literally like a lady doing the washing and stuff and then at the end it's just revealed where it's like oh no they were they were a good camp <laughs> and it's like uh it's it's that sort of build-up is where it's like you know you don't see this sort of stuff coming it keeps on like surprising you and it keeps it interesting despite the fact that it is really a very video game plot where it's like hey go to this island you're stuck on there's loads of soldiers here there's a big goal at the end of it you have to go and destroy that and then you get to go home sort of thing it's like they put the effort in where it counts so a simple breakdown becomes a much larger story, you know? And then you have the characters and the characters in this. Oh my God, there's so many great characters. I told you this was going to be completely scatterbrained, but like the, <laughs> the characters, like seriously, the fact that they made Polka Dot Man cool. Like, how do you do that? Like, it's in like, like David Dasmalchin, like he was my favorite guy in this, where it's just like- Oh, he is such a cool character for somebody who's not cool at all. Exactly. And like the fact that he thinks he's a superhero and then you have like- my favorite line in this whole film was just like something along the lines of it was after that scene where they wiped out everyone and they're like, where's all my men? Where are all my men? And he's just like, everyone's just like, uh, men, I didn't see any men. And then he's just over here. But I pretended they were all my mom in my head so I could kill them. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, cause he's so, he's such a tragic character. Cause it's basically explained where it's like, you know, Oh, his mom wanted to turn him into a superhero. So she infected him with an interdimensional virus that causes him to like fill with polka dots that he needs to shoot out of his hands. I love it doesn't go any further than that, but it's much better than the whole, hey, Katana has a blade that captures your soul because it shows, you know, it shows these things where it's like, you know, okay, like 
that looks like an interdimensional virus when he sort of fires out. He gets like big boils on his head that like light up and everything like that. You get the information you need. You don't need to have it over explained. Like, like you don't need to know like why anything is. You just need to accept it is. And then like, like it gets shown. In the first one, Katana is introduced and she's like, badass ninja yeah. who has a sword who collects souls. And you would be like, cool, show me that in action. But then they're like, no, let's have a flashback <laughs> to her fighting crime in Japan. Yeah. And I'm like, that's got nothing to do with this. Why do we need to know that? But then yeah. for Polka Dot Man, he's just like, oh, pretend it's my mother. That's my motive. And then it cuts to the bad guys looking like the mother. I, I can't believe they got the villain they got for this. This was peak. Like, I heard rumors that this villain would be in it, but I didn't expect it. I thought, okay, it's way too goofy. They're way too serious with the first time around. They're not going to pick Starro the Conqueror. The giant starfish that <laughs> shoots out smaller starfish that attach to people's faces and make them part of a hive mind. I did not see that coming, but it was the most beautiful thing. <laughs> I didn't know this character beforehand. Oh, really? And I saw, I think I saw him in the trailer or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's just going to be stupid. And it's, it was. <laughs> and it was. And that was amazing. Yeah. It, that's what this film is. It's stupid, but amazing. But it's like, it does it so skillfully that it becomes a great film it's like it's stupid on purpose where the exactly. first one was stupid by accident yeah exactly you know oh my god there's so much in this film that's just so much better so like as i said earlier the soundtrack it has purpose it's a like james gunn soundtrack so it's absolutely amazing like some of the like just i already bought that on vinyl like that's the thing i just went ahead and just like as soon as i saw it i was like yep that needs to be added to my collection because it was just so good a spicy take i have about the soundtrack you didn't like it? This No, I loved it. I think it worked oh. amazing. But the thing is, I think the songs weren't as good. Like, I if can it was agree just there. to listen to it by itself, I'd be like, okay, this is okay. Like, I like Grande. Yeah. How do you pronounce his name? Grande. Is that grandson or something? Gra- Gra- sorry, Grande is the YouTuber that does memes. He's, he's grandson. Man. <laughs> grandson. I like, I like some of his songs, but like, yeah. overall, I'd, less likely, I'd be less likely to listen to it. But that's a good you. thing because it's a movie soundtrack. It's for exactly. a movie. Suicide Squad 1 had a Spotify playlist, whereas this had actual, like, you know, soundtrack. This had a soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like everything had, like, purpose. It sort of fit the tone and, like, the mood and everything. Or just plain funny. As I said, people who died, like, that was just hilarious. Um, my favorite song on the album was that one. Um, Louis Prima, like, his one, Ain't Got Nobody. Like, that, that scene with Harley Quinn just shows how good that character can be where it's like it shows everything like so basically for a bit of setup if you haven't seen the movie she is captured and she like basically is in the situation where there is a building full of enemies and that full of people who are gonna kill her if she escapes she escapes anyways out of the room and she just finds uh so flew Borg, like his character javelin finds his javelin and just goes on the biggest killing spree and it's so cool she's just they you know, being wiped out there's no way of like defending yourself against her like she's such a badass in the scene and then it goes on to illustrate like how crazy she is because instead of blood and viscera you're just seeing flowers and like blossoms and everything just fly out and it's just all to that song like ain't got nobody which is a very jazzy sort of it's probably from like the 30s or something like that and it's just like it just sort of it fills you with like sort of happiness or warmth despite basically saying i'm so lonely like that, the actual like lyrics to the song sort of thing but it's just it's so happy and cheery but such horrible things are happening and she's such a badass and it clearly illustrates visually how insane she is like, it's just 
Ah, it's so good. <laughs> and that scene, she reminds me of Pyro from TF2. I don't know if you've played TF2. Oh, I have, yeah. Like, oh, uh, but yeah. If you play as Pyro and you have the right weapon, everything is flowers and sunshine and yeah. sweets and candy, but you are literally a maniac with a flamethrower. Exactly. And it's just like that. It's just a beautiful way of portraying ultra, ultra violence while yeah. also being like, this person doesn't really understand what's going on. <laughs> and the ultraviolence in this, dear God, like King Shark ripping someone in half. <laughs> or, yeah, Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson having a crater in his face. And like, <laughs> I knew the movie was going to be good when I see Pete Davidson on the beach being like, hey guys, I'm the one who told you about this. And then his face is missing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like, cause like, I was kept on saying why I love this film to my mom the other day. And she's like, oh, would I like it? And I'm like, yeah, it's a bit bloody though. And like, she's like, oh, like, is it very bloody? And I'm like, I remember it being pretty bloody. And then I went to see it again. And I saw that scene. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you want to watch this. <laughs> sort of uh, thing. Oh, and even like the bit with Starro where they're pulling the starfish off the person's face oh, and it just rips off their face. Or like the in, person is going to have. Where it's like experimenting on the people. And it's like, it's so gruesome. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere as well. And for a starfish monster where it's like... Yeah, it's something that's so stupid and goofy. But also you look at it and like, oh, wait, no, this is actually a serious threat. Like, this is deeply horrifying. Like, I remember, like, uh, this is the thing. My relationship with Starro is the fact that I used to love Batman the Brave and the Bold when I was younger. And there was an episode with Starro and it (laughs) scared me so deeply. (laughs) Because my... Basically, if you want to know my number one fear, it would probably be the face huggers. No, face hugger is an alien. Anything that jumps at someone's face and looks slightly like a spider. Ah, it's just, oh, and that was that, but it looked ridiculous. So I was like, okay, I am constantly on edge because of, I know from the cartoon, it used to freak me out when they jump on your face. But at the same time, I'm like, Haha, it's a big starfish, you know? <laughs> It's just I, I, I share the same fear. I yeah. do you know Half Life and the Head Crabs? Oh, I, that's the reason I haven't played Half Life. <laughs> um, I have played the VR Half Life, where the oh. Head Crabs actually jump in your face. Aren't they like the size of chairs? They are like a size of a medium dog. It's oh, not gosh. a fun experience. No, so. I don't. <laughs> what was your man's name? Like uh, Jeffrey or something like that? The big hulking Bezos, thing. Bezos, Jeffrey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear God! That game, I saw a playthrough of that, and I was oh chilled to the bone. <laughs> but um, oh my God, this film though, and then like yeah, we forgot even certain characters. King Shark is he? I he? I am gonna give a really controversial opinion. He is a better Groot. Yeah, no, I see it. Really, Groot. Yeah. That's you're the first person to agree with me there because like oh, literally, I was never really a fan of Groot. I always found Groot oh, really? a little bit annoying. I found him annoying after he died <laughs> very much as soon as he became small Groot I understand he's cute and, that. and then like later weird emo Groot from teenage years sort of thing but like it's just yeah I feel like there was such character in King Shark and it's it was just like obviously they played him as the big strong dumb guy but it was so endearing and adorable but at the same time he tried to eat someone you know it's like <laughs> the relationship with uh, King Shark and Ratcatcher 2 is Rock so oh wholesome and adorable it is like that's like the proper way to do like a subplot in yeah. the first one they're just like let's cut to something that happened probably two years ago yeah and let's come back but this one is like you actually get to see it evolve and develop and it's, exactly it's just <sighs> i will say because like <laughs> that's the thing i feel like sylvester stallone when i heard he was gonna be king shark i was like 
oh, that's an interesting choice. I wonder, like, is he going to just sound like Rocky? But he just sounded like a big lumbering idiot, which was amazing. Like, you have just him at the hey, start with the book upside down. Just because he was played by Sylvester Stallone doesn't mean he was a big <laughs> lumbering idiot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but no, like, seriously, where it's like, just the little things, like he's holding a book upside down going, I smart, was... like, you know, I smart me, I read book good. Or like, how he's just like, as I said, I will never not laugh at him over the comms, just, bird <laughs> or hand or, like, you know if it's they, like if they sneak into the place peacemaker and, he, and i'll i'll wear fake mustache oh. and then he's like well if a big shark looking dude with a, a really good mustache snuck up on us we'd have to kill him and he goes fuck and then <laughs> that was the thing that it sounded like a child swearing and they knew exactly. that word this is my angry word you know it's like <laughs> it came out of nowhere where it was so like adorable and then it's just like, fuck and it's like it was just god the amount of times i thought he died between those weird octopus things jumping on him then he flies out the top story window and then he's just shot at repeatedly it's like stop playing with my emotions james gunn and then, like, it's just, like, even, like, the bit where all the starfish are falling down. And, like, just, like, he's just covering his head going, eh, stop. Like, because they're just, like, throwing up. <laughs> and it's just, like, hitting him on the head. So, like, it's, like, I felt so bad for him a lot of the time. But, like, and, a like, lot of the time is just feeling bad for him. Like, him when he's sitting in the back the van. The sitting in the back of the van is so sad. It's that just... was a beautiful, beautifully done scene yeah. where it's just looking at him through the window, the reflections of the city, and him looking sad. Yeah, And, like, that gives so much character by doing basically nothing. Exactly. You know, and like, for me, because that's the thing. For me, this is going to sound stupid, but you probably heard me talk about it before. One of the best characters I've ever seen in a film is Wally, for the simple fact that he oh, yeah. barely speaks. Exactly. Oh, but he I'm gets across so much information. And, like, when you can do that, when you can, like, you know, illustrate a character through their body language, through their reactions to things without them going off on a soliloquy or something like that. Like that's when, you know, like you've got a character down and they really had this character down. Like the internet loved him before he was even on the big screen, you know? And it's just like, he deserves all that love. In my opinion, I think he deserves, he deserves his own movie, but I don't know where it would take. It's like, I think he's a better support character because he's the funny moments sort of thing where it's like, he's like, all the bits where he's like nom nom and like just like pointing at the bodies and so that i feel like he's great in small doses yeah you know he's like, like the he doesn't get old for a quick break exactly yeah like and when that's... they were climbing the tower and they saw the fishes and he met friends with the fishes <laughs> and then the fishes weren't his friends and i'm like oh. betrayal <laughs> even like to go on then to what you were saying the biggest surprise in this film for me was rat catcher 2 i didn't know who the character was i didn't know who the actress was she was the heart and soul of this film. Oh, yeah. That she... was also the actress did such a good job for her first English film. Yeah. Well, all I know of her from is apparently she was like Gwen Stacy in the Portuguese version of um, Spider-Verse. She did. Uh, like, if Incredible. she doesn't get more jobs because of this, I'm going exactly. to be genuinely surprised. Like, I want to see her in more stuff now because it's like that one scene with Taika Waititi at the end where they were on top of the... Uh, thing and like he says that one line or something like that or it's like she asks like why rats and it's like rats are the most hated and disgusting creatures or something like that in society if they can do something or if they can be loved or something like that why can't we or something and it just oh my I cried in the cinema by that one line like literally just like it was just so like it was so out of nowhere as well but it like completely backs up then her stuff where it's like she was obviously talking about the reason like she's rat catcher too is because you know obviously like 
her dad was rat catcher one and he died but yeah like the fact that she sees the good in her, she sees the good in a shark that tried to eat her <laughs> exactly like you know the whole thing of a girl who just wants to make friends with all these horrible little creatures and then and a big <laughs> and people and then a big shark monster that has no friends like those yeah. two coming together was like the perfect match it was it was so wholesome and even like friends. it is like the whole central message of you know like them going like you know like okay you need to look past the ugly exterior and you see the good person underneath like she is the epitome of that with all the rats sort of thing like sebastian like ratatouille <laughs> like he was amazing oh, is that rat waving at me <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh it so funny and like to bounce off that then like another character as i said who i completely written off when i found out he was in it i did not care about it at all but then when i saw the heel turn rick flag in this was amazing I genuinely Did you just say Rick Flag had a heel turn? Yeah. That as a wrestling fan, I'm going to slap you. It's not, not a I, heel I, turn I, if you're turning into a good guy. Oh, well. Shaking my head. Apologies. <laughs> Send my condolences to Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh my god. Like I like because as I said, yeah, the first one, he is just Mr. Murica. He is an asshole. He doesn't care about anyone. He doesn't want to be there. You don't want to be there. Whereas with this one, he very clearly is a leader where he's like, you know, like, okay, we need to go and like do this mission, but also you need to stay alive. I'm going to make sure you stay alive. You know, you're not just like a commodity or a cannon fodder sort of thing. And then you have stuff like that bit where, so obviously the records come out of the whole thing where it's like, uh, we've been talking lots of spoilers already, but like spoilers for this as well. How like um, the Starro project was run by the US, and he's like, no, we need to actually like release this. He's going, he is going against the United States, sort of thing in that case. And it's like, okay, that shows. Okay, he's a character, and not as I said, yeah, walking flag or something like that. Yeah, he's in <gasps> his second name is Flag. That's why he was like that in the first movie. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just realizing that now. No, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, the whole like, like him from being like generic soldier guy to actual character was such a nice change because yeah. I didn't like him at all in the first one and he was Same. one of my favorite characters I was gonna say he's one of my favorite everybody's my favorite character in the second one yeah if anything like this is a weird thing but in a weird way I feel it does a better job of an ensemble than Endgame does because Endgame relies on the fact that you know everyone you've been through like 20 odd films with them with this one you're meeting most of them for the first time bar like Harley or Boomer or the other version of Rick Flag, but it's like with this, like, yeah, as I said, you meet these characters for, for the first time, but you are instantly attached to them and you stay attached to them and not because, hey, you look cool, but because, hey, you're a character, you have motivations, you have emotions, you are a human being, you know, well, besides the giant shark, but like, it is made very apparent, you know, like that these characters are very good, they are very well written, they are meant to be there, if you know what I mean, they're not just like, hey, what would look cool as a Funko Pop, as I said, you know? they have their role and their purpose, I suppose. Like, and even like, cause I have a big poster here beside like looking at them. And as I said, it nearly does that for the opening where it's like, as I said, you have a bunch of random ones die who had ridiculous powers who are only there because like, you know, they're ridiculous powers. But at the same time, then to jump to ones where it's like, okay, these guys are inviting, but then they're also making friends and like, you know, they're learning stuff along the way, I suppose. Like, you know, the friends you make along the way is the real suicide squad and all this, but <laughs> <laughs> like just, the second one feels like they've done a lot of the same themes of the first one. Yeah. But better. Like, yeah, they did it fighting, right. but also making friends works <laughs> really well. Yeah. The, like, 
fighting a big bad evil guy at the end. Like everything they've done in the second one has basically been done in the first one. I said earlier on the katana was pretty much just brought in so they could use her sword at the end to kill the big bad evil guy. <laughs> yeah. They do that in the second one as well, mm-hmm. where Javelin dies on the beach, and then it's kind of just a throwback, like, oh, here's he's Javelin. Now yeah. uh it was for like a greater purpose or something, was it? Yeah, use this javelin for, and then he dies, and yeah. Harley gets annoyed that she doesn't know what it is. Like <laughs> yeah. that's a much more fun way of like using somebody mm-hmm. just for one thing than uh... exactly. Like if the even like as you said, like it's katana just there for a sword, you know, <laughs> and then the javelin was up. just there for a javelin. Yeah, and like it's just, <laughs> and they lean into it being like, oh, we're yeah. not going to pretend like this character needs to stay right. There are just so many good characters in this, and like. Even we forgot. I'm looking at the wall, going like, "Okay, who do who did we miss?" Peacemaker, John Cena. I thought he did a very good job, like in terms of like as much as I hate John Cena, as much as I hate John Cena, good job. That's the thing, like, (laughs) Mister. Oh, I'm very, very, very sorry, China. You know, (laughs) please, China, forgive me. I will eat this ice cream and speak Mandarin for your forgiveness. For whatever I think of the real John Cena himself, for what he was in this film, I thought he did a very good job in terms of like. I didn't expect him to have a second mission, you know, and like turn against them at the end, for example, and like stuff like that, where it's like, and like, he's so ridiculous looking. And then like, I would kill every man, woman and child I have to, if I, if I could like get peace or thing. It's like. the I like what they did with John Cena and Idris Elba's characters of, you get introduced to Bloodsport first. Yeah. And I thought everybody was going to be like, well, it's just the same character as Deadshot. Yeah. And then the movie kind of leans into that by having exactly. another character who's the exact same. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, <laughs> I see how this is going. And then they like have a competition between each other. It's yeah, so good. It's so good. Because apparently Will Smith was going to be in this. It's literally just scheduling conflict. So they got Idris Elba in instead and they made him a different character. So, you know, come back. Because I mean, like, been, if Idris Elba was just headshot and they didn't say anything, <laughs> that'd be so bad. Genuinely, I just adore that movie. And like, as I said, when a film doesn't take itself seriously, you know, it's like, you know, in for a good time. Because it's like, I hate people who can't make fun of themselves. And I hate a film that takes itself too seriously. You know, why would I make fun of myself? I'm perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's let's not go any further. <laughs> what a way to derail the conversation! I do apologize. Yeah, like I mean, this conversation was derailed from the get go, <laughs> but like just, just like the original Suicide Squad, just derailed like the original Suicide Squad. Nice segue, you know. <laughs> Despite we're on a train apparently with rails, but like seg segue, yeah. <laughs> well, unlike the original Suicide Squad. The second one wasn't derailed because they actually had a message in it. Yeah. Boom. You know. Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah. Screw Starfish, you know. And Starro is cool. Starro is cool. Cool. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> and <laughs> that's the thing. The existence of Starro implies the existence of Jaro. Did you ever hear of Jaro? No. Jaro is basically a bit of Starro's like, flesh that Batman keeps. And it turns into a little starfish that grows bigger and a, a second Starro, if you will, that wears a Robin costume and fights for good. And I want okay. to see Jaro. <laughs> As I was looking up Starro, because I wanted to see what he looked like in the animated show. Yeah. Um, I saw one in a Robin costume and I was slightly confused. So yep. thank you that, for explaining that. That's that. Jaro. <laughs> and I want him. <laughs> and I want, that's the thing, they're bringing back Michael Keaton Batman. I want Michael Keaton Batman and Jaro go off on an adventure. <laughs> but like... Uh. 
oh this film <laughs> it's just it's just too good guys it it is and um these are two extremely one-sided reviews and we get that entirely but it mixes together and balances out you know <laughs> we have it's perfectly balanced as all things should be because one is terrible and one is genuinely amazing and we really recommend that you see the second one see the first one if you want just for comparison oh whoa, whoa whoa oh are you putting words in my mouth no you saying I'm recommending everybody goes no you're right I do everybody should go see this it is so fun yeah it's the first fun movie I've seen in a while it doesn't it has its emotional moments in that but it just it doesn't need to be so serious it's not like you know like I mean people die in this and they just move on and it's kind of funny like I was emotionally destroyed when polka dot man was stepped on that was that was the like hardest he, death but also the funniest death he had just finished his character arc, and then like it's as well as that i knew something was gonna happen because he's like i'm a superhero and you're like something's gonna like i know the comedy of this film something's gonna happen here i don't know what and then it's just like and it's like yeah that, that was about that yeah <laughs> they made I, you care about polka dot man which is more than the comics could do <laughs> can i just say having polka dot man as a depressed suicidal guy in a group <laughs> called the Suicide Squad is the funniest shit I've it ever really seen. Is. Yeah. It just Elba, I think at one point says, "Oh, we're all gonna die," and he just turns and goes, "I hope so," and <laughs> I fucking lost it. It was so funny. Like where they're like, "What does he do? Shoot polka dots at people?" He shoots polka dots at people. <laughs> How does he exist in the same universe as the other Suicide Squad movie? <laughs> Because these are, like, this is a reboot call. It's like a reboot, reboot call. Or like a seaboot. <laughs> but it's like... A seaboot? I don't know. It, it's it's technically the suicide. It's the Tuicide Squad, as I've been saying. But it's like, it separates. It's, it's, it is a reboot. But at the same time, it doesn't ignore the fact that the Suicide Squad happened. And I don't necessarily mind that. Like, it doesn't bring people's attention to the original one existing. But it doesn't like, you know, completely wipe it clean. Like it sort of does when it just instantly kills Captain Boomerang, which I was quite upset by. But like, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's weird how they're trying to keep the timeline together, you know? And then the Flash is going to come in and just like ruin that all, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, I do like how it is in the same universe, but just it's never mentioned. It's never mentioned and it just doesn't make sense it's like sorry this one turned on color grading <laughs> like it's like <laughs> i like how um to justify harley quinn being in the movie at the start like oh harley why are you here uh, i robbed another bank and there's like cool let's roll with it <laughs> cool let's go everything we've looked at from harley to the soundtrack to the visuals to the story to the action to everything it, it, it's just all it's all what it should have been the first time you know, it's all what the Suicide Squad is. It is just much better, and you should see it. We've already given the recommendations for it. I would give it a good nine out of ten myself. Like, or I think I have on Letterbox, it's like a five and a half star or <laughs> five and a half stars. It's so five good. and a half stars. <laughs> I give it a good four and a half stars. It would have been five if they had to put in. What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad. I would have also accepted the Joker laugh, but like. Yeah, it is a near perfect film. It's one of the best comic book movies I have seen in recent memory. And I think yeah. you should watch it. But yeah, what's your I, sort of I'm gonna give it a four and a quarter stars just to be controversial. Nice. <laughs> what's that a eight out of ten? It's maths. I I, I haven't done I give it a maths. go watch this in the cinema out of ten. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is a good movie. 
and yeah, it wouldn't kill you to watch it, <laughs> but uh, that was a pun. <laughs> didn't go down well. <laughs> but, I didn't get the pun. I'm slow. No, I'm just fast. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we're going to have to leave this here. Is there any sort of final thoughts on this whole experience? And you're not allowed to blame me that we watched Suicide Squad 1 because no. it was your idea. It was my idea. Yeah, I would have. Um, I honestly would have been happy with just talking about the second Suicide Squad. The Sultan. You didn't need to go through any of this, but you did. So you're saying it's my fault. Basically, what you're. I'm saying not is, saying it's your fault. I'm just saying it's not my fault, and the blame falls on you. So what you're saying is we went through this harrowing ordeal that could have killed us. So you're saying we're some sort of suicide. <laughs>